It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. So thanks for joining me in my backyard. I love it. I love it. I want to move in. (laughs) (laughs) You can. I think we can find some space for you under an oak someplace. So you know the world is so fascinated by you, Tom Brady. You kind of get that, right? I think I'm growing into it more and more. Yeah, I mean, I was so fortunate to do something I love to do. And, you know, it's televised every Sunday for half the year. So, you know, people love football and... I've been able to kind of be in people's homes in that way for a long time and, and really, uh, you know, enjoyed my career. I think it's that people, it's more than, of course, people love football. We, uh, you know, we, our country's fanatical about football and sports. But there's something about winning, being a winner, and what that says. And if you watch people when they're watching sports, yeah. there's something ultimately spiritual in it because yeah. people get to see their team rise to be the best of themselves and there's something about watching people be the best of themselves yeah. that makes those of us who can't do that feel the best somewhere the best of ourselves yeah yeah sports has such a great sense of community and you know you get to root for these teams and when I was a boy growing up in California I rooted for these teams and it was everything I wore the jerseys if I was lucky enough to go to the game I went to the games and I cheered so hard and when the San Francisco 49ers won on a weekend it made my weekend and yeah. it was just you know and I could why see why did it make your weekend because well it just evoked a lot of joy you know mm-hmm. it took you from you know as a kid I mean everything's joyful there's yes. you know for the most part as an adult you know I could see how people work so hard over the course of the week and they just can't wait to get to the weekend to relax and to sit in front of a TV with friends and have this social event and by the way have a game on you get to cheer and for kind of live vicariously through that yeah yeah and then keep scoring and call your friend in some other city and say we got you you know <laughs> you, you know I think everyone gets to participate and it, it's uh thank God for sports yeah I, I have to say that I recently watched your documentary Tom versus time on Facebook C- yeah. couldn't believe that you mr. private and Giselle Mrs. Private, yeah. that you opened up your life and your home that way. Yeah. And has it been interesting, fascinating, fun? What has it shown you about yourself? Yeah. Looking at your life that way. I love the experience. And I think that it's, you know, life is about stretching, you know, and uh-huh. being outside your comfort zone. And why'd you decide to do it? I think it was just good timing. Mm-hmm. I had developed trust with Gotham, mm-hmm. um, who I 
been friends with, and I felt like it would be nice to share with the fans more yeah. of what my life was all about. Because that's it, what everybody wants to know. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's so focused, you know, for me, it's always been, you know, you see me through the lens of what, you know, you want to see a professional athlete as. Yeah. But professional athletes are a lot of other things, too. They're people. They're dads. Yeah, they're yeah. dads and their husbands, and they're dealing with life as you go through your career like everyone else. Mm -hmm. And um, because it's only broadcast on a particular day, and there's obviously a lot of coverage with the media over the course of the week, but to say, okay, well, this is actually how it really is yeah. was fun for me. And I also think documenting a part of your life, I can look back on that with my kids and, yeah. and say, wow, this is a really cool piece for our family. Yeah. And uh, really happy about it. I actually was moved by something I heard you say on one of the episodes. You said, spirituality is my deepest purpose. I want to know the whys of life, and I want to know why we're here and where we're going. Yeah. And I thought, gee, yeah. watching you play football, I wouldn't have thought of you as a spiritual person or that spirituality was a kind of thing you were seeking or conscious about. Yeah. But spirituality is your purpose. What do you mean by that? Well, I think I have curiosities in many ways, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of it is learning and loving to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think since I was a kid, just loving the experience of learning new things, um, learning how they impact my life, learning how they impact my relationships, you know, how they impact me on a daily basis. Uh -huh. So my wife would say we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Yes, you know, and yeah, that's one of my favorite phrases. I know, it's, yeah. it's great and it's so true. I want to live a great, impactful, purposeful life and I want to impact people from the lessons that I've learned and see if people can learn anything and try to relate it in their life some way. You know, I not only is that one of my favorite sayings from uh, Pierre, I think it's Pierre Teilhard de Chardin who said, yeah. we are spiritual beings having a human experience, but I think we also all have a calling, you know? Yeah. And I think mine was obviously using television or being on television and then deciding I was gonna use it for a purpose. And I think yours, obviously, was football. Yeah being on TV. <laughs> Same thing, you know, it's just a different way of, I think for me, you know, showcasing what my love is and being mm -hmm. able to, sports are very inspirational for people. Yeah. And they were inspiring for me growing up and there was. So, but when did you know, when did you first know that football, that when did it have you? Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't remember quite, you know, the exact, I just always loved sports. I was a terrible student. Mm -hmm. I didn't put much effort into my school. I mean, I you're terrible. To be... I, I read the bees. bees yeah, and bees. I, not a lot of effort. If not my a... kids were given the effort that I gave, I would not be very happy yeah, as a dad. Okay, yeah. So, but I just enjoyed, you know, I always enjoyed being out in the yard. I enjoyed playing. I enjoyed the competition and still do. So to, you know, have all these experiences in high school and college, I talk about some of those in the book, you know, about why there's these curiosities of getting better and learning mm -hmm. more about myself because that's what it's about. You know, there's a lot of adversities. I went through a lot of adversities through my career to get to this point. Not only with sports, but, you know, personal things as well that you're learning and you're adjusting and adapting and trying to live this purposeful life. Well, what's interesting, when I was reading the TB12 method, how to achieve a lifetime of sustained peak performance, yeah. according to Tom Brady. <laughs> what fascinated me about yeah. this book that I know, bestseller, is that it seemed like your approach feels like a, a, another way, I actually thought it was refreshing. It feels like, I said to the producers, it feels like a different time where people worked hard, they tried, there was discipline, there was effort put into making yourself better, yeah. improving your skills, improving yeah. your skills, improving your skills, which is what you talk about in this. 
And I think a lot of people, even people that I know very well, thought, oh, gee, you won all these Super Bowls, that that this this came easy for you, but it did not. You know, I get that a lot, too, because, you know, I think they would see me now as an older athlete and think, wow, this is just, you got to be this certain athlete who had the success in the career. And my version of myself is very different, you know, based on my life experiences and based on all the things that have allowed me to... No, not just this athlete, an athlete who's had five Super Bowl championships. Yeah. is defined as the greatest athlete in the world of all well, time, you know? Yeah. So... But I think it's those experiences that you have that become a part of who you are. Yeah. You know, and the hardest experiences, because it was never, I would say, given to me. You uh-huh. know, there were opportunities presented to me, but it wasn't like... I think in some ways we're doing disservice to the kids today. There's yeah. so much attention on these kids as you know, high school athletes, as college athletes. Now there was just, these guys are getting picked for the NFL draft and they make it seem like they've done something in a way. And they haven't. And they haven't. They've just started. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, and but I think when you spoil them in a way or they're entitled to this sense of, oh, well now I'm here and now I'm, I'm but good. But I, w- I will tell you, Tom, I did not, you know, I kind of was been looking at you as this grand, great master football player. And I didn't know your backstory. Yeah. So in reading the book, I was struck by the fact that, number one, you were the 199th yeah. draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't there only 200? There's just a couple more than 200, <laughs> but 199 is pretty far down the line. Okay. And I was struck by this, that the scouting report at the time said, I was tall, poised, smart, and alert, able to read coverages. I had good accuracy and touch, and I was potentially a team leader. But the positives were buried under a landslide of other stuff. Poor build, very skinny and narrow, can get pushed down more easily than you'd like, lacks mobility and ability to avoid the rush, lacks a really strong arm, can't drive the ball down the field, and does not throw a really tight spiral. And the report ended by calling you a system type player who's not what you're looking for in terms of physical stature. Oh my God, they're speaking of Tom Brady. (laughs) Not what you're looking for in terms of physical strength, arm strength and mobility, and could make it in the right system, but will not be for everyone. And five Super Bowl championships later. When I hear that, they were true. I mean, all those things absolutely at that time were true. When you saw that at that time, could you be as open and honest with yourself then as you are now to say, oh yeah, I don't lack arm strength. Yeah. And I do. Were you able to do that or was this hurtful at the time? Well, no, I think I was a bit naive to maybe some of those things because I just had in my mind like, oh cool, I went to school and I want to play pro football and I'm going to get picked and of course I'm going to play. You crazy? You know, mm-hmm. why would you not think that I'm going to be able to do that? And everyone else was like, you should really think about another job or you should put together a resume and and I was like, why would I put together a resume? I'm going to go play professional football. And even, you know, my first year, I was like, okay, I want to buy, you know, before the, I made Weren't the team. Weren't you tempted with baseball at first, though? Yeah, yeah, I loved baseball. Yeah. And I was, you know, much more natural playing that. But I fell in love with football, and I thought, wow, this is what I want to do. And then you go to Michigan. Yeah, I was at Michigan, and I started at a place that I was way down the depth chart. Yeah. And I had a long ways to go. And I really learned in college how to work, how to learn, and how to how to develop my other skills. So when you see that you have a long way to go, even in college at Michigan, other guys are beating you, outperforming you, 
and you are being challenged by that. Does that excite you and stimulate yeah. you, or do you feel overwhelmed by that? A little of both. Overwhelmed at times, yeah. but also, I think, determined. I wasn't blessed with a lot of things that they wrote about. You know, side, what do they look for? They want someone tall. They want someone fast. They want someone strong. They want someone that can have all these physical traits. But I didn't have all those physical traits at the time, so I had to work to develop other traits. Leadership, perseverance, determination, work ethic. And I think some of those things were a part of me. Discipline, mm -hmm. you know, and then you get to be a professional athlete and everyone's really talented. Well, what other skills have you developed? Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just rely anymore on being the most gifted, being the most talented. Because, by the way, everybody was. talented. So yeah. what other things have you been able to develop? And I was fortunate to be in very competitive environments in high school and college where mm -hmm. I had to work on those things. And then I got to my pro team and I was like, look, I could bring... I mean, I felt this internally, but I could bring other things. I'm not going to bring the typical what you're looking for, but if you give me time to develop, I can develop into something that could be a great leader of a team and be very disciplined and set the tone and great work ethic. And those are things that I enjoyed then and I still enjoy those things now. And so do you still have the same kind of approach? For instance, in 2017, you're playing Atlanta and down by 25 points. Yeah. When you look up at the score and you're down by 25 points, yeah. Do you think, hmm, can't wait to pull out of that one? <laughs> or do you think, or are you feeling like everybody else is like, well, this game is over. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. yeah. I'm first thinking, like, what the hell? How do we get ourselves <laughs> in this situation, you know? And, but I think there's other things you two you think about, and you're like, man, if we could pull this off. And, and, you know, it's a team effort. I mean, it's a team game. It's the ultimate team sport, and I love playing but it. Most people look at you 25 points down in the fourth quarter, yeah. beginning of the fourth quarter, over. Yeah. Most people are thinking yeah. game over. Like, a lot of people are leaving yeah, the stadium because sure. it's done. Yeah. And, and it was you, close to being over. I mean, it close was to one being or over. two plays from being over. One or two plays from being over. And what then happens to you? You go into some kind of yeah. overdrive that says what? Well, I think you can't score 20 five points at a time you can't overcome these huge deficits in the blink of an eye it said you know we looked at each other we had a lot of trust in each other a lot of belief in each other and we'd got to that Super Bowl I mean it's hard to get to yeah and we looked at each other and we said look we got to get one drive one scoring drive and then once we got the drive we looked at the defense that just one stop one stop and they got the stop and we got it back out there we said okay let's go we got one we got a shot and then we scored again and then you get the momentum and then it's on so your it's side. the next right move. You don't think That's about it right. as a whole. You think about it as what is the next right thing and the next right thing. Yeah, forget about what happened. You know, move on from that and think about the. You know, what can we do and how do we get the ball and, and gain some yards and score some points and that in that way, football is a metaphor for life, is it not? Oh man, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's decisions every day it's decisions every moment you know we're we're a product but of where is decisions. the next right move where is the next right yeah. move where is based the next... on what based on what you're dealing with what's yeah. the next right move and yeah i think you got to try to do the best you can to put yourself in situations where you're making the right moves and consistently making good decisions to build upon whatever your goals and dreams are well i know everyone always says there's nothing like the first time for anything so there's the first win yeah for the super bowl 2001 2001 okay but do they get better? Yeah. They get better. Better. There had yeah. to be nothing like that one in Atlanta, the last one. No, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. That was great because I had this success early in my career. We won three Super Bowls in four years. I yeah. didn't even know what happened in my life. You know, I came out of college and I was like, we're on this great team and 
We yeah. won these Super Bowls, and everyone's like, this is unbelievable. And I was like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> this is just, everything was happening. And there was all these things to do and place to go and opportunities. And I was so young to, didn't have the perspective yeah. to really appreciate what I was going through. Yeah. And then you spend so much more time for these years where we didn't win a championship. It's not that it's all about winning a championship, but you grow in your life. And then finally, 10 years after we won our third one, I was able to win the fourth one, our team in 2014. And that was like, wow, I had perspective. It's really hard to do. It's really hard to climb the mountain. And, you know, our team was able to do it. And uh, I mean, that was probably one of the greatest experiences of my life. Does um, it feel out of body at the moment where you know we have won yeah. this? There was a few moments in both the last ones yes. that we won where it's out of body. And then when you lose, you wish you were out of body because <laughs> you're like, this is a nightmare. And, um, but you'd rather get there and lose than, than never get there. And it's hard to get there. Okay, so let's talk about the winning first. Yeah. What does that out of body thing feel like? You're just, Can you describe it? It's just complete joy in the present. You've got everyone there, you're, all your loved ones, family, friends, and you're just on top of the world. Yeah. I mean, it's just so much excitement. And you, Does it feel like the conclusion to all the hard work and all the sacrifice and all the time and all the yeah. training and all that, does it feel like the ultimate in this is the reward for yeah. that? Yeah, and it takes, it, for me, it takes a little time to kind of let it all settle in mm -hmm. because you're digesting a lot, digesting mm -hmm. a lot of emotions because the seasons aren't just, you know, Yeah always, you know, up, 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 up. I mean, yeah. you have, you know, the highs and lows and it's a five month season. So it takes a couple of weeks and after a couple of weeks you settle back into your life. And then once you get the Super Bowl ring, then you have a chance to just, I mean, those celebrations with your teammates, because yeah. it's about the relationships I have. That's what my sport has been the greatest thing is to, to meet so many guys, to have so many connections with so many people that you care deeply about because you commit to one another and that's what you have for the rest of your life. So it's, how high does a high last? Uh, Is it a couple weeks? No, if, if you win the Super Bowl, months. Months, okay. It goes good. on and on okay. and on and on, okay. and you just feel good. So you really are into the next season in some ways, because you're yeah. celebrating. So it carries right you, it carries you all the way through. Yeah, a okay. long time. Okay, how low does the low last? So after that yeah. game with the Eagles, I, I saw know. your face. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different year this year, and when you lose in 2007, this was, what, 11 years ago, we had, I think, one of the greatest football teams in the history of football. We went undefeated. We got to the Super Bowl. We played the Giants, and we lost. It was a month before I really felt back to myself. It was a nightmare. You woke up the next morning. I said, it didn't happen. There's no way that happened. And then this year, after the game, I did the press stuff after the game, and I walked yeah. back toward the locker room. I was still dressed in my clothes. And I saw my wife and I saw my three kids. And my little girl and my son, Benny, were crying. And I went over and I said, I said, Daddy, we, we, we don't like the Eagles, you know? <laughs> and I said, you know what? You don't always win. You don't always win. You try your best and you do the best you can do. And I think because you have the kids, it's not about, you know, you'd love to win. You always want to win. But the sun's going to come up the next day and you're going to be taking the kids to school the next day. And in some ways, this year was easier for me than it has been in the past. And it's not to, that I don't want to win the same. Mm -hmm. It's just there's other really other important things really as well. Really important things in your life. So how long does the low last? 
This year it was probably two or three weeks. Really? Yeah, two weeks and. and Does that mean nobody wants to be around you, low? No, not as bad. Not as bad. Not as bad. Um, I mean, it's just you know you're just a little you're down. You're a little depressed. Yeah. You wish the outcome were different, but. But you still have to go on and do the things with your family. You're still doing things with your family. I think what you think about too. Yeah, definitely. I think what you think about it's like I said. It'd be like climbing a mountain, you know. Yeah. And that's what I guess the correlation is. You start at this place and you work so hard. As the season goes, it just gets tougher because you get higher on the mountain. More people are falling off, and it's such a physical sport. And then imagine getting 15 feet from You're the there. top of the mountain, and yeah, then you tumble all the way back down with nothing to show for it. And then you're just like every other team because only one team gets to win it. But it's good perspective, too. How do you appreciate all the wins if you don't lose? So that is a good question. What has winning taught you about yourself, and what has losing taught you? It's a tough question. I mean, winning's taught me a lot of things. When I feel like winning, I never feel like I win. I feel like we win. And that's why I chose team, you know, team sport and other players, other coaches and families. Mm -hmm. We couldn't do it if we didn't have each other. Right. We couldn't do it if we didn't have the support of everyone else. So the winning for me comes in the joy of experiencing it with other people. I think it's not like I go home and I, man, I'm proud of us. I'm proud of what we did. I think team sports are great in that sense. And what has the losing taught you? Um, About yourself? I would say that I hate to lose. <laughs> <laughs> that I hate to lose. I yeah. really just hate yeah. to lose. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, oftentimes I have found in my own life, and I've seen this with thousands of people I've talked to over the years, that you learn the most about yourself when you appear to fail, yeah, when things don't go the way you want them to go. Yeah. So. You learn I, a lot about yourself. Yeah. It's hard to be so critical on yourself when you're winning. Mm-hmm. You're figuring out every single decision you made when you lose. Every thought, every action, every step, every... And you're trying not to repeat those. So. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you're called the greatest quarterback of all time by just about every sports writer, first of all, can you allow yourself to internally interpret what that means to be the best yeah. quarterback of all time. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, don't like when people say it. And you don't like that? No, I don't like it at all. Why? Well, I don't feel that way. I'm not attached to that feeling. 
I don't care whether people think that or not. You know, I want to be the best I can be. I know what I go out there. It's not to compare myself to this guy or that guy. It's everyone's good. Everyone plays good. It's but I, you say even at the very beginning of the book. Oh, I think when you first went to Michigan, you want to compete. You want a competitor. You know, I'm your guy. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing there. So as a person who loves to compete as much as you do, yeah. and loves the, you get a thrill out of actually the competition. Yeah. It must feel particularly good to to then be considered the very best. Yeah. I still feel like I'm in it. Ah. I still feel like I'm doing it. I still mm. feel like there's still more to be accomplished. I was practicing the last two days, working on my technique, on my fundamentals, all the things with my training that I still feel like I can be better, be you know percentage better. You know, I played a long time. Mm -hmm. It's not like you go, hey man, I'm gonna become yeah. you know, something different. No, I am what I am. I know my strengths. I've improved on some of the weaknesses and I still think I want to go out there and compete and play with a bunch of 22-year-olds. <laughs> you know, it's still a lot of fun. So, so you write about how to achieve a lifetime of sustained peak performance. Do you believe that most people can do that in their lives, in whatever area of their lives, they can maintain peak performance? I do. I really do. And I think it's up to people to determine what they want to achieve. And I think meeting all these people that have been fortunate, because I do have a purpose of wanting to use all the things that I've learned over a long period of time at the highest athletic level to teach other people what may work for them in their life so they could do the things they want to do. I've been fortunate to learn the right things and I, or what I believe to be the right things, what work for me. So I, I wrote them down because people ask me all the time, hey, I want to do it. How do I do it? What should I do? And I said, okay, well, let me think about it and you know, let me articulate it in a way that you know, people can understand. Are you as crazy disciplined as everybody thinks you are? Because you're coming to my house for dinner and like everybody <laughs> is like, uh, yeah. I've never seen people crazier no. about the chef is studying the book, oh, man. the security people are reading up yeah. on what does he eat, what could we yeah. have, what kind of water, he doesn't drink yeah. this, he only eats jicama and hummus. And no. no, no. That what? was very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> but no. I, I think that, you know, no, because... Should I be scared if you're coming to dinner? No, you shouldn't be. No, 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 be. this it is be. it. Tom's coming to dinner, so I go, have have hummus, have peas, have vegetarian, have vegan, have gluten-free, have chicken, have grass-fed beef, <laughs> have chickens that we gathered ourselves, have, have well, fish that we went and, and, we went and uh, fished ourselves. We have, um, I'm telling you, farm-raised salmon, yeah. the whole thing. Oh. Uh, but I, sh I should, should we be that crazed? That, well... No, I mean, it depends. Again, I'm an athlete. I depend wholly on my body. My body is my asset. I can't go out there on the field and eat fast food and expect it to perform. Oh, especially Tom, at I this level. That. My body is my asset. It is. Okay. If I don't have this, if it breaks down, I can't play. I wrote it in the book. When I was 25 years old, I couldn't throw the ball. My arm was hurting all the time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how can I play sports if... Yes. If I'm in pain. And you thought all you do, ice and come back, ice and come back, because yeah, you were always in pain. Yeah, yes. I want to do the same thing, and it never worked. It never worked. And I thought, well, I, gotta, I better think differently if I want to keep playing. I better think about the things that really do work. And I don't think, even when you talk about, like, diet, I had a terrible diet when I was a kid, the worst diet. I, and probably all the way through, I was 25. And then I was like, okay, well, this isn't working out well. I'm not quite getting the results I want to get, so why don't I change? Why don't I try some different things? And over the course of 15 years, it came mm -hmm. to this. And it's hard to say for someone, hey, do all these right. 30 things and make a difference. I think the ninth right is just start slow. Start with what works for you. And yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe start cutting out a few things, but only if you want. I mean, it's everyone's life. They get to choose what they want, and you know. But your body is your asset. Your body's your your temple. It's your. For me, again, I don't want to be this professional athlete that finishes playing and I can't walk. I want to be able to play. I want to be able to ski. I want to be able to surf. I like to be active. I like to, you know, that's what I enjoy. So to be able to go out there and. So what's a given you know, day? What are you eating at the Brady household? I usually have a smoothie in the morning. With some TB12 protein powder. Yeah, a little yeah. of that, a <laughs> little of that. Yeah, smoothie in the morning mostly if I'm at home. Uh -huh. um, and then a good. You put fruit in it? I don't love fruit. Maybe, yeah, I guess I do. Yeah, I know you had a thing with strawberries. Yeah, yeah. I don't like that. Okay. I don't like that. For okay. some reason, I know. I don't okay. like that. But okay. um, just a healthy lunch. I have good supplements through the day. I make sure I always have the right supplements like protein and protein snacks and good healthy snacks around the house. And then, you know. Do you eat three meals a day? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, three meals. And then we're very fortunate to have someone cook for us. So mm -hmm. I don't have to think too much about mm -hmm. you know, exactly what to do. But So you, it's a healthy household. Yeah, it is. Would you ever eat, because I saw somewhere where Giselle said she likes Dunkin' Donuts. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, she likes the donut holes. She does. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, but you're not eating the donut no, holes. No, I do. Yeah. On occasion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I bring, like, I love going there and with my kids. I was in New York last weekend. I was what do you guys want to do? We want to get donuts. Let's go. And I think that's what I want people to understand, too. It's not like you have to be, you, there's discipline, but not like... And are you less disciplined off-season off than on-season? So on-season, really? I think similar. Yeah. Okay. I'd say one thing I'm really good at is hydrating. I'm always drinking all day long. Uh -huh. Water. Water, because I just don't want any muscle issues. You know, mm -hmm. my muscle is what's going to allow me to move and run and throw and not be in pain. And that's one thing I'd say I'm very disciplined. I do consistently throughout the day. How many glasses of water? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. I don't know. I just keep, when I'm thirsty, I just... You just keep continuing to overdo it. Yeah, okay. I don't drink enough water. I know that for sure. Yeah. And so. I don't, I don't think most people do. It's just part of, you know, we kind of wait till we're thirsty. But I know for me in my life, the ramifications if I don't do that. And mm -hmm. I don't get to play good. Right. I mean, why am I going to work so hard if I go out there and I am hurting myself? You know, muscle injuries or arm hurts or that's that's not going to be fun. Why, why make these other sacrifices if. You know, well, you know, well, from the outside, it looks like you have an insatiable drive. Do you? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. To be the best I can be, you know, mm -hmm. not to be the best what anyone else thinks, just to be the best I can be. Why am I still playing now? Because I feel like I can still do it. And I think I'd look back at something that I love to do, and why should I stop? I talk about it with my wife all the time. You could ask her tonight. She'd yes. be like, I told him, you know, like, you know, why? what more do you want? What we? And I said, because I love it. It's just, I love it. With all the new science on concussions and what's happening to particularly pro football athletes after they retire and into their 50s and 60s, you're not concerned about that, about concussions? I'm aware of it. I'm definitely aware of it. And I think that the league's done a good job of, in all sports, college, pros, they're doing a good job of identifying what it is and putting more protocols in place. But and yeah. you don't get kicked in the head as much as, as the quarterback, but yeah. are, are you concerned for your fellow players? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I'm glad they're, they're taking those steps. They've changed some helmets. They've tried to make the game safer. They've implemented some rules. But it's also football, too, you know? I mean, people aren't going to watch if it was two-hand touch. I mean, yeah. let's be real. It's, yeah. So we like football. We like the physical nature of the sport. And what can you do, in my belief, based on what I, I'm an athlete, and I see all these guys who have come before me. Mm -hmm. And I say, okay, well, how can I live a more healthy lifestyle so that I can still play contact sports and I can still deal with the impacts of the sport? And how can I deal with those in the most proactive way possible? Mm -hmm. 
I remember, did I read in the book or see it in the, in the doc where you were saying that many times, uh, often when you lose a game, it feels like you're losing the pursuit of what your life is. Explain that to me. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Because it's not just a game to you. It's the pursuit of what your life is. Well, I put a lot into it. I put a lot into it. When I've got decisions in the course of the day, a lot of mine always say, how's it going to help my career? Yeah. So when you fail in your career, you, you know, you look at all those decisions during your life and go, is it worth it? Is it worth it to miss things to your family? Is it, is it worth it to be as disciplined as I am with my diet? Yeah. You know, why don't I just, you know, give a shit less? Yeah. But I don't think that's my personality because I do really care, mm -hmm. you know, and I, when I look at my teammates, I want them to know that I care. So and you just you just said that you're going to keep playing. So I'm not even going to ask you the question because yeah. you just said I'm going to keep playing. Yeah. You are aware of the science and reports about about concussions. Yeah. But you're going to keep playing because you love it so much. Yeah. Have you thought about what happens after football, for you? I think about it more now than I used to. Yeah. I think now I, I think that I'm seeing that there's definitely an end coming sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. What does that end look like? Is that 43? Is it 45? Yeah. Is it? As long as I'm still loving it. Still as long as you're loving it, you're going to do it. Yes. Yeah, so, as long as I'm, I'm loving the training and the preparation, willing to make the, the commitment. But I think what I've alluded to a lot in the docu-series was there's other things happening in my life too. I do have kids that I love and I don't want to be a dad that's not there driving my kids to yeah. their games. And my kids have brought a great perspective in my life because kids just want the attention. You better be there yeah. and be available to them yeah. or else they're going to look back on their life and go, hey, dad didn't really care that I much. I love it. Uh, I think it was on the series. I said, your son, Jack, they ask, what, who's your favorite uh, quarterback? <laughs> and he says, Cam Newton. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cute. I yeah. know. That's him, too. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> he, he calls me and says, dad, I got fantasy football. Who should I pick? You know? And uh, I mean, those connections. I had a great dad. Yeah, I had a great dad. And a great mom. I think that was the same episode where you kissed your son or your son kissed you. You yeah. said, come and give me a peck. Yeah. And then the internet blew up. I over, know. What, what did you think of that? I don't know. I grew up in an affectionate home. And I think... The internet blew up because you kissed your son on the lips. Yeah. And your, your son kissed you on the lips. Yeah. And you had said to him, come back here. That was just a little peck or something. Yeah. And then he came back and he just sort of landed one. It's like, to say, is this good <laughs> enough for you? Yeah. 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 He's always like, I said, you know, give me a kiss goodbye. And that's what he does. He, my, he likes to come over there and he puts his head in there. I said, no, 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 that's not how we're doing it, you know? And I, like I said, when I grew up, that's what, it was just part of our, our family. That's how your father treated yeah, my you? Yeah, my mom kissed me all the time. My dad kissed me. I got hugged. I got tickled. I got kissed. So naturally, as a father, that's what I do with my kids. I hug my kid. I kiss my kids. I tickle them. And it's just, I don't have a problem showing the affection. So, so did it... Do you care what people are saying on the I, internet? I, could, I don't care about that at all. I mean, I, I obviously... Yeah. You know, my love for my kids or how they may feel about that. You know, they get to decide when they're older, you know, how they mm -hmm. want to raise their kids. But, you know, for me, I'm I'm a very affectionate person. And so were you even aware of it? I'm just wondering for somebody who is as private as you are, when the Internet's blowing up, and like, oh, Tom, yeah. shouldn't be kissing this kid like that. Yeah. Tom shouldn't be doing that. Are you even aware that that's happening? I was on that. And I think what I thought was more for him. He lives in New York with his mom. Uh -huh. So I thought more for him. I, know, I was wondering, maybe the kids at the school say something because yeah. maybe they watched. And yeah. I think that's probably more what I thought about. Is he going to have him. to deal with yeah. 
kids coming up to him and teasing him, and it's hard for kids. There was a boy that came up to my son Benny the other day and says, I'm just friends with you because your dad's Tom Brady. And that's hard. I mean... He said that? Yeah, he said, but, you know, he's, he's eight years old. I mean, what can he... You know, I thought about, okay, if I'm my son, what am I thinking now? I mean, that's hard. It's hard to rationalize no, your eight No, now your eight-year-old son is thinking, I wonder if other kids are just friends with me yeah, because it's Absolutely. Did you all have a talk about it? I did. And, and what I did said, you say? You shouldn't be friends with that boy because all your friends are going to love you for who you are. You're a great kid. You know, you're a very sweet, caring, empathetic boy, and you're going to have a lot of friends. And don't worry about that one. Mm -hmm. But it is. I mean, how do, how do they rationalize that? And I don't necessarily know how to parent those things either. I, was, I grew up like a lot of kids in this country. I just was a nor very normal childhood. I played on the street with my friends, and I didn't have the things that my children have to deal with. And I wasn't parented the way that I'm parenting my kids. In what way? I don't know. My kids have so much. Yeah. They have so much. They get to do this and offer opportunity. People they have bring them opportunity and yeah. access. And, they yeah. bring them gifts all the time. People are here. This is for your son. And this is, they know who my kids are. Or they know, you know, everywhere we go now, it's, you know, and even. Because I'm married to, you know, Giselle, and it's, and, it's and not just... she's one of the greatest supermodels yeah, of all time. It's not just the United States. It's yes. Brazil. It's, you know, we go to a lot of places, and now it's still getting used to for us in a way. So how do you raise kind, compassionate, open-minded, ambitious on their own kids when you grow up with everything, and your father's Tom Brady and your mom's yeah. Giselle? We're trying. I don't have... We're, we're working at it. I'm working at it like a lot of other parents are working at it too. I mm -hmm. don't have the answers for that. And I think you try not to give them everything they want, but you also want your kids to, look, my parents wanted to give me everything so who's, they have. So who's a disciplinarian, you or Giselle? What she would say or what I would say? What you would say? I'm absolutely the disciplinarian in the house. You are? Yeah. But she would say that the kids get whatever they want with me. But they get their way with you. They get their way with me. So, so do you do the kind of parenting that if they go to her and they don't get something, and then they can come to you and get it? No, I wouldn't okay. do that. Okay, yeah, you don't she do would that. kill me for that. Okay, good. Yeah, y'all, y'all have to be a team. You yeah, know? yeah, I know. Yeah. But my daughter, she gets whatever she wants. <laughs> I can see that right I said now. She's like, you know, she's a little version of my wife. It's like, how can I not? I mean, that girl just has me just wrapped so tight. It's oh boy. I know. Yeah, that's, that's a daughter should be. With a daughter dads. should be. You know, this past season, one of the biggest stories in the NFL and the nation was players choosing to kneel during the national anthem to protest police brutality and yeah. racial injustice. Taking a knee yeah. divided the country. Yeah. What was happening in your own locker room? I think there were a lot of really good, healthy conversations coming out of it in our locker room. I think, like I said, the great part about sports are the relationships. Mm -hmm. And I've been in it for a long time. I've been with guys from all different parts of the country, every mm -hmm. color, race, belief. Background. And, yeah. yeah. And you know what? You, you respect what other people, you know, I do. I, I respect why people are doing what they're doing. And they're doing it for different reasons. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I just, you can do things for your reason. They can do things for their reason. And you have respect for that. But... I thought it was were great. there were there healthy conversations? Did you all a have lot. conversations about it? Yeah, we had meetings after practice talking about how we wanted to um, deal with that particular you know situation at a the time. Mm -hmm. Whether it was taking a knee, we chose to lock arms and we put arms you know, around each other. We support our brothers. We support what people are going through. I've been playing sports long enough. Everyone comes from something different, and I think showing respect for everybody is. In a locker room of team foot guys tr trying to go the same direction, you better have that empathy for everybody. That's what sports are about. Is it true that you have a separate training place where you don't train with the rest of the team? No, not necessarily. I train a different 
No, I wouldn't say that. I have my I probably do some of my own techniques differently than mm -hmm. the rest of the team. I mean, mm -hmm. the team is, I would say, like most teams are very systematic in their approach. And what I learned, I guess, is different than some of the things that are systematic, but that work for me. It's nothing that I don't talk about with my coach and owner and is mm -hmm. what I want to do is what I need to be the best mm -hmm. player I can be. And, you know, hopefully you can support that. Is there something going on with you and Belichick? No, I mean, I love, I mean, I love him. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love that he's a incredible coach, mentor for me. And he's pushed me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like everything we don't agree on, absolutely yeah. everything. Yeah. But that's relationships. That's relationships. Yeah. Okay. But you would tell me if there was, right? Something going on. I would, but I there's nothing. <laughs> we've had a, we've had so much. Uh, Hi. Look at that cutie over there. <laughs> Hi, Giselle. Hi, Giselle. <laughs> Giselle just walked in. Hello. <laughs> Watching. I believe that in my own life, every time a crisis or disruption comes, it's here to teach me or to, to wake me up or to make me sharper. What did deflate gate, as the press call it, teach you about yourself? Well, I think it taught me it taught me a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it taught me about the people that I could really count on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the people that really supported me. And it taught me a lot about life. Sometimes you do the best you can do and it doesn't work out. And there were a lot of frustrations, you know, and I tried to fight as hard as I could for what I believed in. Mm -hmm. um, what made you finally say, I'm gonna let it go? Just too much anxiety, too much. I realized I couldn't win mm -hmm. and it was divided attention. And I was tired of that, I'm tired of waking up and having a call with someone from the Players Association. and. I just said, you know what, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to, you know, I had the month of September off for the first time in like, I would have been 16, 21 years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to take advantage of this. And the first thing I did, we, my wife and I and our kids, we flew out to see my parents. And my mom was just starting treatment for cancer. cancer. And um, I said, we're going golfing. We're going to go to Pebble Beach. And we went there. And then we never went on a honeymoon, my wife and I. So we said, look, we're going to go to Italy you know, in, in September. And so I said, man, that was the best month off I think I've ever had. <laughs> and uh, I really, it, it, in some ways, it was, it was a great experience in my life. I think you look back on those experiences when they, and it was a really tough experience in my life. Would you do things differently? Would you handle it differently? Mm -mm. No? No. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Uh, Giselle just walked in, so it makes me think, how has being with her enhanced your life? Oh, man. Every possible way. It really has. She's, I couldn't imagine a better partner for me in my life, what I've gone through. Um, how she supports me, the mom she is to our kids, mm -hmm. 
And you both grew up with siblings and Yeah, she had five sisters and I had three sisters. Yeah. So it's a lot of women. <laughs> and uh, she comes from a different country. And to move to New York when she was 17 and we met each other under pretty trying circumstances. Yes. And I think in a lot of ways that really challenging experience brought us together. Really? Really in, in a very tight way. And like every couple, we love each other, we support each other, and we're also living our life. And we're trying to find ways to, when she's working and I'm working, there's a lot of things happening, but how do we always reconnect with one another? But I believe I couldn't find a better woman to love me and support me the way she does. Because it seems like you all have the, you know, obviously you, you, you guys look really good together and you walk into a room and you stop a room, well, really. she yeah. does, I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, hot couple. But also, as we know, that it is the shared value system. So what are the shared values that you both hold that make this yeah. work as a relationship? We don't see ourselves as the way maybe the world sees us. Mm -hmm. I see myself as the same kid I was growing up on Portola Drive in San Mateo, California, who just happened to do something I love to do. And by the way, I got pretty good at it and had a great deal of success. And she's a small town girl from a small town and who was supported by her sisters and her family that loved her and they're her best friends still. And by the way, we met and we fell in love and we started a family and you know, we're working our way through life. And I don't think we ever let our mind wander to like how you know, we're supposed to act or we're supposed to be. It's, mm -hmm. it's just us. And What's your favorite part of being a husband? And do you like saying the word to my wife? Oh yeah, I do, mm. yeah. I love having the, to come home to someone that engages me every night. She makes me laugh, oh my God. I mean, just, in some ways we're, we're different when we're so, some ways we're so similar. She's, mm. she flies in the sky, you know, and she's a, so creative and visual, and I'm very rooted. So she stretches me in ways that without her, I couldn't, I couldn't be stretched. And mm. I think I keep her in some ways, in my belief, and she's here, but I keep her, just close enough, you know, where she doesn't go so far, yeah. you know, and then she she knows that, yeah, she knows bit. I'm Grounder she knows I'm kind of you know she can always count on me and and I know I can always count on her, but we do have the the values from our family that I think our mom and dads both did a great job of, and our sisters did a great job of. They never let me get too far from where I grew up, and I mean to come and tell them that I was talking to you, my sister yesterday was like, no way, why wasn't I invited, <laughs> you know, and then I mean. So it was really... Gotta love the sisters. I know. I, yeah. What's your favorite part about being a dad? I think for every man, once he recognizes that he is a true father and not just someone who fathered a child, but a, a father, it does something to your life. So what's your favorite part? For me, it's the tickling and the hugging and the joy and the laughter. Mm -hmm. and those moments that I have with them in those are, mm -hmm. are the most special. At and this you had point, a wonderful I mean, childhood, right? Yeah, I had yeah. a great mom and dad. Everything were, I read about your childhood, it's like yeah. perfect. Your dad went off to work, your mom took care of the yeah. home and the family, and your dad came back and took you to the games. And all. Yeah. yeah, it was there. Not perfect. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't say perfect's the word. Yeah. Well, nobody has perfect. Yeah. yeah, but I think it was a, you know, a dad that wanted to support the family yes. and a mom that wanted to support the home. And my dad worked hard. He was up in the morning, he was out early, and came home late. And when he got home, he was there for me. and. They're for my sisters and we supported each other and we lived on a street with a community of other kids and parents that we would go to their house and they would make us dinner and we'd go bar their milk and wow you know that was a nice 
I know. Way to grow that, up. That's why this book is like it's from another time. It's like yeah. people borrowed milk and they worked hard and yeah. they tried to achieve their dreams. Yeah. Yes. And you know why it's so striking, the principles that you talk about here? Because you know we live in this age of social media. We were talking about people trolling you and stuff. Yeah. And there seems to be this overall feeling, I don't know if you feel it, but I do, that everybody wants to get rich really quick. Yeah. They want to get rich through a YouTube post or yeah. uh, they want to get paid. They want to, I mean, I talked to 15 year old kids who are talking yeah. about their brand. I just was telling a young girl the other day, you got to do something before you have a brand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, the brand comes out of the work that you do, yeah. not, oh, I'm worried about my brand. I got to fix my brand. I got to. So yeah. to hear someone talk about the, the actual hard work and skills that it takes to yeah. move yourself ahead in life yeah. is kind of unusual in today's norm, don't you think? I, I do. I, I do. do. But you got to do something really, really well. Yeah. You know, and the only way to do that, in my belief, is to find something you love to do. Yeah. Because you're going to work and hard at it. And keep working at it. Yeah, work at it every day. And, and, you know, work when no one else is watching you work. And if, if you love it, you'll do it. If you don't love it, you know, it, it sucks. I yeah. mean, everyone, if you show up to work and you hate it, and that's no fun. Yeah. You know, and I think you got those choices every day. So where did you get that, that kind of ethic from? Your parents? Yeah, I yeah. think. Everyone in my family, my sisters were all the same way. My yeah. parents um, yeah. were the same way. And everyone wanted to succeed. There was a competitiveness in our family. Mm -hmm. um, my three sisters were all very competitive. And, and sports was a big part of our family. And your parents have been together nearly 50 years now, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty great, especially in today's day and age. Yeah. But they have a great relationship. They have a great marriage. And what they is work their at parent, it. How is their marriage, what has their marriage taught you about your own? I think our marriage, and just like their marriage, a lot of marriage, you, you work at your marriage. Yeah. It's not something you mail it in, you know, and I think if you're, if you're going to be good at it, you got to work at it every day. And there's times where you don't see eye to eye. My wife thinks one thing and I think another. And you get angry and you get frustrated. And then you got to find a way to come back before the next argument and before the next crisis in the family or before the next event that's frustrating or makes mm -hmm. you angry. You're trying to work at the best you can and you're still dealing with life and she's got a great career and I start my career and we're raising our kids and it's interesting I did a show years ago I never forget with all these fathers in the audience and a lot of them had been separated from their kids and hadn't been a part of their kids lives and this guy got up and said I don't remember his name but in the audience he was just saying regardless of whether I was there or not I had a dream for my kids and every father has a dream for his family and the great sorrow in your life is not to be able to fulfill that dream that you have for your family. So that's, I was reminded of that when you said your father left for work every day and yeah. that he really believed in taking care of the family. What is your dream for your children, yeah. your family? Wow. What's your father's dream yeah. for your family? My dad wanted us to do everything he could to provide for us. So that was yeah. the model that I had. Yeah. Like he was gonna do everything he could to make sure he could put his kids in school and that they would have the education they wanted. And our kids, you know, it's different because my kids don't have to worry about that. Right. But I think for me, it's trying to find something that's gonna, that you can cultivate in them so that they're uh, good kids, they work hard in the community, they work hard on the things that they love to do, uh -huh. and not spoil them to the point where they don't have motivation to right. help. And there's nothing worse than a bratty, entitled kid. And our kids, that's the trajectory that, based on my wife's life and my life, that the kids could be on. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, for us to work with them to keep them grounded in a way. And you know what? I wouldn't say we've got that figured out yet. I think my wife has, does a better job of that than me, actually. Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it's in me a little bit. Like I said, my, if my dad, if I said, hey, dad, I got basketball season and I need some basketball shoes. He went out and got me basketball shoes. What was his greatest gift to you, do you think? What was uh, his, the thing that he passed on to you yeah. that you now want to pass on to your children? He was there at every moment. Mm. Every moment he was there. He'd show up at the games. He, I remember, always remember him rolling up his sleeves, and he'd have a baseball mitt in one hand, and he'd catch the ball, and he'd have a baseball bat, and he'd flip the ball up, and he'd hit it. And we'd be up there for hours after work. And I just I was with my dad. I had his time. And he was, he was there for me. Isn't that amazing? That is what I've learned over the years, too, with all these shows I was doing on people who were not there and kids who couldn't find their parents, and years later they're upset. All they wanted was just the time. Yeah. They just wanted the time. Yeah. All right. What's the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn in your life? I'm still learning, but I, it's a lot to learn in life. We're here for a short, you know. Mm -hmm. It's gone fast, too. You have been the team captain of the Patriots now for so many years. Yeah. How would you describe your style of leadership? I try to be very positive. And um, I think once I develop the trust, mm -hmm. I feel like I can be tough on them. Really? But I can't be tough on them before I develop the relationship and the trust. So are you, are you a shouter or screamer? I can be, yeah. You can be? But it's only with people that I you know, care about. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, I think a lot of people, it's like, well, if I didn't yell at you, it's because I didn't care about you. Uh -huh. But I think that's, I think you have to have different forms of motivation. I've been around a lot of guys, a lot of guys. Some guys don't like to be yelled at. Some guys like to be tormented in a way, you uh -huh. know, and I think you just got to find the right mix. But I, I, I love that aspect of of my position. They have to listen to me. I'm the quarterback. I'm in the, mm -hmm. you know, I'm the one calling the plays. So naturally they're all looking at you. And I think the greatest thing for you is to believe in yourself. Because mm -hmm. if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? They're going to look in your eyes too. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing. Naturally they're looking at you. You are who you are. You walk into the room. Everybody notices. You walk into the room with Giselle. Everybody notices. She walks in the room. And you are beloved. <laughs> Only in a few states. <laughs> okay. 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 In the Northeast, yes. Okay, yes. In the Other places, I think they're a little more. Yeah, well. I'm not sure they love me so much. Well, you know, understand the position you hold in the zeitgeist is one of beloved master player, right? How does one keep one's ego in check with all of that. I got a wife, I got three sisters, I got parents, mm -hmm. I got, you know, I still have friends from, I just, you don't forget where you come from, you don't, and I think I was, I never have. Interesting, so you were saying in the beginning, that 2001, when you weren't won the first championship, you didn't even know what it was, or yeah. how to, ha I mean, you knew what it was, but how to handle all of the bombardment that yeah. overcomes you. You get overwhelmed by all the attention yeah. and the sudden fame. Yeah. So what impact do you think fame actually has had on you? It's made me less trusting, unfortunately. Really? Mm -hmm. I, I, I would say I was very trusting, naive in a way. At this point, there's a lot of people that, you know, want this or want that or it's come here, do this. Or you may say something to someone, but you want to just have a normal relationship, but in their minds it's not because they want something from you or using your something you say. Or and I think that's probably a little challenging for me, maybe mm -hmm. difficult, that I just don't trust people. Mm. Because of the fame? 
because they you just don't know if you're going to be used at some point for yeah. something so and my personality it's like your eight-year-old son saying this kid saying i just want to be your friend because you're tom brady's yeah. son yeah. yeah so i tend to just have the relationships that i've had mm -hmm. and then it takes me a while to feel other people out mm -hmm. you know they really have to because isn't it rare at this stage of your life with this much fame and attention and uh, you know all that comes with being you to find somebody who doesn't want something. Yeah, and to find people who will be critical of you. Yeah. For a good reason. Yeah. You know, they shouldn't tell you. Who will yes. tell you the truth? Yeah, tell you the truth and tell you not just what you want to hear. And so you, you know, still you so you just have the friends that you had before you became the Tom Brady. What well, for me, I have a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. Like the great part about again being in a locker room yeah. is I do trust them. Yeah. So you have built-in friends. Yeah. It's like every year it's like, hey, 50 more friends, <laughs> you know, plus all the ones that I have from the past. Yeah. So, but I, I love connecting with those guys. Everyone's got something to share and you can learn from everyone. And without having the relationships, I mean, life's about relationships. And the better relationships, the better, more fulfilling your life's going to be. If you've got a bunch of shallow relationships, people don't care about you, only care about you because of certain things, like, it's not going to feel good to me. So in your book, you write about the mind, body, and spirit. What do you think is the key to a fully integrated life where those three elements are aligned? For me, yeah. it would be to work at those things. Yeah. Work at your mind. Work and is there at your one body. element that's more challenging for you than the others? I know you said your body is your greatest asset, but your mind, bo body, spirit. Yeah, I'd say my body is easy for me to work at. My mind is hard. I'm mm -hmm. very difficult on myself. I'm very, I'm tough on myself. You know, which is hard for other people to be tough on me, but because I'm pretty tough on myself. In mind. In mind. Okay. Spirit. Where are you? Where are you with the spirit, Tom? You know, working at that too. <laughs> working at that too. Sometimes when you don't like what you see, you just brush it aside and deal with it for another time. But I've overcome a lot of things in my life personally, and things that I've had to deal with that have made me who I am. We started this conversation with your quote from the documentary, where you said. I want to know the whys of life, and I want to know why we're here and where we're going. Yeah. So why do you think we're here, and where are we going? I think we're, you know, we're trying to leave our families, our communities, our world better than when we came into it. And what contributions are you going to make? And everyone can do it. You know, it's not just in my role or in my life things I can do, but what can everyone do? Everyone can contribute to their home. Everyone can contribute to their community. And because I've been able to do it and I have people that pay attention, I want to do it in ways like this, you know? Mm -hmm. Take the lessons I've learned to say, hey, maybe these work for you. Maybe these work for aspiring athletes. Maybe I can inspire them. Because I wasn't the kid that was just, it was born to do this, born to be in this position, born to be sitting here. And I feel like I've had to be smart about those things and work hard at them. And, have the discipline, the work ethic, and the commitment to stick with it. And I think other people who are more talented than me, if they had the information, it would be incredible mm -hmm. for them to even achieve more. So I have a lot of living left, you know, and I think football has provided me so many great things in my life, relationships, and this ability to influence people in a positive way. And I take that responsibility seriously. Not in a serious way, but I don't want to screw it up. I want to hold myself to a, a very high standard. And, um, you know, and hopefully you that do. Can... And you do. You recently posted this letter on your Facebook page that I want to just end with. Will you read it? Yeah. Okay. I'd love to. Okay. 
If you happen to be very lucky when you're 10 years old, you'll have people in your life who tell you the world is anything you want it to be, and you'll believe them. And those people will never put limits on your abilities. In return, no matter the circumstances, you always try your best and you never give up, because that's what you do when you're chasing your dream. If you're lucky, you'll have family, teammates, coaches, mentors, and trainers along the way to help you when you lose faith in yourself, and they'll give you the strength to carry on. If you're lucky, you may get picked last, you may ride the bench, and many times the team may move on without you. And you come to recognize that in return, you're given the chance to earn the greatest edge of all and one that can never be taken away. Will. Heart. So to anyone who feels left out or is afraid of trying their best for fear of failure, you're not alone. The magic you're looking for is in the will of trying and not giving up. The love of your dream is in your heart. One day you'll look back on your life and appreciate the struggle and have nothing but gratitude for everything that happened along the way. To anyone who's struggling early in the morning or late at night in pursuit of your dream, struggles that many will never see, and to any leaders out there who believe in someone who doesn't yet believe in themselves, keep going. Keep going. Because will always finds a way. You just preached this morning. That's me. <laughs> That's me. That's you. Yeah. That's you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thanks. That's the essence of who you are right there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for the me. time. Thank you. Tom Brady just preached, y'all. <laughs> Tom Brady just took us to church, y'all. In my own way. Thank you. <laughs> That's Thank great. you, guys. Thank That's you. That's great. Really good. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.